Chapter Two of History of Egypt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rick Vina. History of Egypt by F. C. H. Wendell. Chapter Two The Old Empire from the Union of the Upper and Lower Countries to the Close of the Sixth Dynasty, about thirty two hundred through twenty four hundred BC. Section One The First Dynasty Mena, thirty two hundred BC The Great King who first united Upper and Lower Egypt into one country, lived not later than 3200 B.C. How many years earlier he lived, we have no means of saying. He may have lived 500 or even a thousand years earlier. But until we can assign him an accurately correct date, it is best to retain the one here given. Naturally, he occupies a high place in Egyptian tradition, being regarded as the first human king of the country. His birthplace was the small town of Teni, Greek Thys, near Abydos. This town was not, however, favorably located for the capital of a great empire, so Mena left it and removed the seat of the government to the city of Memphis, which lay on the Nile a little to the south of the apex of the delta. This city was the home of the god Ta, who thus became the official head of the Egyptian pantheon. The site of this city was on the left bank of the Nile, a little above the modern city of Cairo, at the modern village of Mitrahine, a few mounds of rubbish and some scattered ruins still mark the place where once stood one of the greatest and richest cities of all antiquity. The Egyptian name of the city was Menefer, the good or beautiful abode, from which the Greek name Memphis, by which we designate the city, was derived. Every city of ancient Egypt had two names, a common or profane name, and a sacred name, derived either from the name of its god, or from some mythological event located at it. The sacred name of Menefer was Hetka-Ta, the abode of the spirit of Ta. It was defended by a citadel, called Anbu-Hech, the White Wall. The city itself was probably far older than the time of Mena, but in transferring the capital to it, the king naturally greatly enlarged it, and came to be considered first its benefactor, and later on its founder. What we know of this king has come to us through the Greek historians and Manetho, all that is usually ascribed to the founders of empire is ascribed to him. The legends related of him are mostly absurd. He is said to have founded the Temple of Ta at Memphis, which was the first Egyptian temple, to have first organized the temple ritual, and to have introduced the cult of the Apis Bull, all of which stories are alike incredible. As above noted, Memphis and its cult existed long before Mena's time. He is also said to have invented the alphabet. The most absurd story is that told by Diodorus, who relates that the king had once upon a time, when pursued by his own hounds, fled into Lake Maris, and had been brought to shore by a crocodile, 
and in gratitude for this rescue he had built crocodilopolis on the lake shore had instituted the crocodile cult and given over the lake to these saurians then he had built a pyramid here for his tomb and had founded the celebrated labyrinth in reality the lake did not yet exist in these early times having been built by amenhetep the third almost two thousand years later crocodilopolis the pyramid and the labyrinth were built by this same pharaoh footnote the word pharaoh which was taken over into the modern languages from the bible is derived from the egyptian word perea the great house a common designation of the king and footnote almost as absurd is the legend that he was an effeminate king devoted to the pleasures of the table and had first taught his subjects to take a reclining posture while eating in the first place founders of empire are not made of such stuff and in the second place the custom in egypt was not to recline but to sit at table the king is also represented as a patron of poets more trustworthy is what manetho tells us of this king he was a mighty warrior who campaigned in libya and was killed by a hippopotamus this agrees well with what we would expect of a founder of empire he was a warlike ruler and was killed while hunting according to manetho he ruled about sixty years teta whom the greek writers called atathis the first succeeded mena according to the extract from manetho made by africanus he ruled fifty-seven years according to that made by eusebius he reigned only twenty-seven manetho relates that he built the citadel of memphis and wrote a work on anatomy this latter notice is to some extent confirmed by a passage of the medical papyrus ebers in which a hair restorer is said to have been invented by shesh the mother of our ruler a two-headed crane is said to have appeared in his reign a phenomenon that presaged a long period of prosperity of atet atothis the second whom manetho called kenkenes nothing is known beyond the fact that he ruled thirty-two years in the reign of Atta, the Oenephes of Manetho, who ruled twenty-three years, a great famine prevailed in Egypt. He is said to have erected a pyramid at Kochome, near Saqqara. Hesepti, the Usafaides of Manetho, who ruled twenty years, is quite a literary character among these kings. A remedy for leprosy, which was afterward copied in a medical papyrus preserved in Berlin and in the Papyrus Ebers, is said to date from his reign. Numerous copies of the 64th chapter of the Book of the Dead assert that this chapter was discovered in his reign, and not in that of Mycerinos, while all copies agree that the one hundred and thirtieth chapter dates from this reign merbapen the miebidos of manetho reigned nineteen years he must have been quite an important ruler for the list of kings discovered at saqqara begins with his name sementa the semempses of manetho ruled eighteen years it is related that many miracles took place in his reign, and that a great plague almost depopulated the land. Of Kebhu, the Bienches of Manetho, we know only that he ruled twenty-six years. Section 2. 
the second dynasty. Naderbau, the Retjau of the list of kings found at Abydos, the Boethos of Manetho, reigned thirty-eight years. Manetho relates that during his reign an earthquake at Bubastis swallowed up many people. Kakau, the Caichos of Manetho, reigned twenty-nine years. According to Manetho, he introduced the cult of the Apis bull at Memphis, that of the Menevis bull at Heliopolis, and that of the ram at Mendes. This legend is incredible and unhistorical. These cults were all as old as the cities in which they were practiced, and antedated the union of the two countries by many centuries. Ba-en-Netter, whom Manetho calls Binothris, reigned forty-seven years. He seems to have been an important lawgiver. If we can credit the account of Manetho, it was this pharaoh who first legalized the succession in the female line. This was of great importance throughout the course of Egyptian history, for according to this law, a woman could sit on the Egyptian throne, and many a dynasty based its right to the throne on the law of female succession. Of Watchness, the Tlas of Manetho, we know only that he reigned seventeen years. Sent, called Sethanes by Manetho, who ruled forty-one years, is said to have revised a medical treatise written in the reign of Hesepti. Perabsen, possibly the Chires of Manetho, reigned seventeen years. Neferkara, the Nefercheres of Manetho, is said to have ruled twenty-five years. Under him, Manetho says the Nile ran honey for eleven days. Maspero, following Mariette, places in this dynasty some monuments which are certainly older than the times of the fourth dynasty. They are few in number, but show certain striking peculiarities which prove that they belong together. But we cannot fully verify this very plausible hypothesis until we have more of these monuments. For the present, it is certainly better not to ascribe them to any particular period, but to say merely that they are older than the times of the fourth dynasty. The same may be said of the great Sphinx of Giza, the age of which is unknown. Section 3. The Third Dynasty How the Second Dynasty came to an end, and the Third ascended the throne, we do not know. In fact, our knowledge of the first three dynasties is limited to the names of the rulers and a few legends. Neferkasokar was the first king of this dynasty. Manetho calls him Necherophes, and ascribes to him a reign of twenty-eight years. The same historian relates that in this reign the Libyans revolted, but as the battle was about to begin, they became frightened at seeing the moon apparently greatly enlarged, and fled from the field. Tosorthos ruled twenty-nine years. Manetho relates that he was a great builder and had perfected the system of writing. He was also a great physician, and for this reason had been identified with Asclepius by the Greeks. Of the other rulers of this dynasty, we know only the names. Huni, the last of these kings, the Kerferes of Manetho, who ruled twenty-six years, was the immediate predecessor of King Snefru, the founder of the Fourth Dynasty. Section 4. The Fourth Dynasty. 
the pyramid builders about 2830 through 2700 bc snefru 2830 through 2806 bc the founder of the fourth dynasty ascended the throne about 2830 bc the change of dynasty seems to have been peaceably accomplished papyrus pris the only text that refers to it remarks quote, then king huni died and king snefru became a beneficent ruler over the entire land End quote. he is the first king from whose reign monuments have come down to us he and his successors built for their tombs great pyramids forming a line miles in length from giza on the north to medoum on the south king snefru in all probability is buried in the pyramid of medoum about which lie the tombs of many of his courtiers the egyptian name of the pyramid was che its builder was henka of historical events of this reign we know but little a legendary papyrus preserved in st petersburg tells of an incursion of the asiatic bedouins known as amu to guard against these inroads a line of forts was established stretching across the egyptian part of the isthmus of suez this string of forts is frequently mentioned in the texts and its official name anbu heku wall of the princes gave rise to the mistaken impression that the egyptians had built a wall across their eastern frontier one of these forts named after king snefru ea snefru is mentioned in the memoirs of a noble who lived over a thousand years later but king snefru was not content with repelling the inroads of the asiatics he was bent on enlarging his empire on the sinai peninsula there were located rich copper and malachite mines which the egyptians worked in very early times whether snefru was the first king who opened these mines or whether they had been opened to the egyptians by some previous king we do not undertake to say but it is a fact that he is the first king of whom monuments have been found on the peninsula inscriptions at both of the great mining camps at sarbut el kadem and wadi maghara tell of the king's campaigns against the bedouins of the region who were called mentiu satet and who seem to have seriously resented the encroachment of the egyptians they were of course beaten but could never be wholly subdued and gave much trouble in later reigns snefru died after a prosperous reign of twenty-four years chufu twenty eight o six through twenty seven eighty two b c when snefru died he left to his oldest son and successor a great and flourishing kingdom this king is the cheops of herodotus he is the builder of the largest of the three great pyramids of giza the measurements of which are side of square base originally seven hundred sixty four feet at present seven hundred forty six feet perpendicular height originally four hundred eighty feet now four hundred fifty feet and height of slope originally six hundred eleven feet at present five hundred sixty eight feet inside of this great mass of solid masonry there is the chamber in which the sarcophagus of the king was deposited this chamber is approached by a series of narrow passages which were after the sarcophagus was in place blocked up in a very ingenious manner the egyptian name of this pyramid was chut 
i may here mention some general facts which hold good for all the pyramids of giza each one had connected with it a funereal temple dedicated to the memory of the king buried in the pyramid all of the pyramids were built as planned a fact that the recent measurements of w flinders petrie have demonstrated beyond a doubt thus the old theory that every king when he ascended the throne began a pyramid of moderate proportions and gradually enlarged it as he found he had the time is exploded the reader will find a full expose of these facts in mr petrie's admirable book the pyramids and temples of giza about each pyramid lay a number of smaller pyramids probably the tombs of the members of the royal families as well as the tombs of the nobles that had lived at the court this king was a great builder the temple of the lady of the pyramids isis and the foundation of the temple of hathor at denderah are attributed to him two cities menet chufu the modern minya north of hermopolis and chufu kebet bear his name like his predecessor he was compelled to make a campaign against the mentiu satet on the sinai peninsula who it seems had again begun to molest the egyptian miners the classical accounts of this king are all unreliable herodotus gives him a reign of fifty years and manetho says he reigned sixty-three while we know from the turin papyrus that he ruled only twenty-four years the classical historians would also have him appear as a great tyrant who closed the temples in order that the egyptians might all labor continuously at his pyramid and who when money failed him prostituted his own daughter in order to raise funds the chief responsibility for these stories rests on herodotus manetho attempts to reconcile history and legend by relating that the king whom he calls sophus had repented in his old age and had written a book that was regarded as sacred radadef twenty seven eighty two through twenty seven fifty nine b c the son and successor of chufu who ruled twenty-three years did not build the pyramid why he departed from the custom begun by his two predecessors we cannot say perhaps the forces and resources of the kingdom were otherwise employed we know however absolutely nothing of this comparatively long reign chafra twenty seven fifty eight through twenty seven fifty b c the chephren of herodotus is the builder of the second great pyramid of giza the egyptian name of which is oer the great one this pyramid is somewhat smaller than that of chafra's father chufu but it is still of respectable size its dimensions are length of side of square base originally seven hundred seven feet now six hundred ninety feet perpendicular height originally four hundred fifty four and one quarters feet now four hundred forty seven feet inclined height originally five hundred seventy two feet at present five hundred sixty three feet like all the other pyramids of giza this one is built of blocks of limestone taken from the quarries of tura egyptian name roeu in the hills on the east bank of the nile opposite memphis all the pyramids were built so that their sides resembled the great steps and then these steps were filled in with granite blocks so placed that they formed a smooth 
continuous inclined surface part of this coating of granite is still left on the upper part of this pyramid before this pyramid a little to the south of the great sphinx there stands a large temple built of granite and alabaster which was most probably erected at chafra's order the fact that it stands in front of his pyramid proves conclusively that it was built after that structure in a well in the interior of this temple were found the fragments of nine exquisitely wrought diorite statues of the king seven of these are at present in the museum of bulak one of them being almost unharmed how these statues got in the well we do not know the temple itself is also a mystery it may have been shafra's funereal temple but it may just as well have been erected to the sphinx the image of reharmachis or to any other deity of him also the classical historians relate that he was a great tyrant who systematically oppressed his subjects in order to be able to complete his great pyramid but there is absolutely no foundation for these stories he died after a reign of only eight years menkaure twenty seven forty nine through twenty seven twenty four b c the mycerinos of herodotus succeeded chafra herodotus tells us this pharaoh was celebrated for his great piety and righteousness and the egyptian monuments bear this out they tell us that he sent out his son hordedef to inspect the temples of the land and that while on this tour of inspection the prince had discovered the sixty-fourth chapter of the book of the dead at hermopolis chamunu some copies of the thirtieth chapter of the same compilation state that it also was found in this reign several later texts mention this prince the celebrated minstrel's song quotes one of his sayings and a letter written in the time of ramses the second speaks of the difficulty of understanding his writings the story related by some greek authors that the oracle of buto had predicted to him that he would die young and that he had consequently spent day and night in dissipation in order to double his life is utterly untrustworthy his tomb is the third and smallest of the pyramids of giza its dimensions are side of square base three hundred fifty four and a half feet perpendicular height originally two hundred eighteen feet now two hundred three feet height of incline originally two hundred seventy eight feet now two hundred sixty one feet the order to erect this structure and the account of the work are given in an unfortunately extremely mutilated inscription in one of the tombs of giza the name of the pyramid was heri although a systematic attempt to destroy this pyramid was made in eleven ninety six a d it is the best preserved of all the pyramids of giza in the chamber vise found the stone sarcophagus and fragments of the wooden mummy case of this king the former was lost in a shipwreck the latter are preserved in the british museum how long this pharaoh ruled we cannot say as the turin papyrus has a break at his name we must therefore for the present take the years given by the most trustworthy of the classical writers manetho who states the king ruled twenty-five years. Shepseskaf, twenty-seven twenty-three through twenty-seven o one B.C. Of this king we know very little. 
an interesting description was found in the tomb of his favorite, Tashepses. This man was born in the reign of Menkaure, and was educated together with the royal princes. His career as an official falls almost entirely within Shepseskov's reign. This king gave his favorite, his daughter Meache, in marriage, and heaped honors upon him. It is a characteristic fact that neither in this biography nor in any other inscription of this time do we meet with any mention of warlike expeditions. The monuments, however, make frequent mention of the king's trips through the country, of festivals, and of buildings erected by the pharaoh. Herodotus tells us that the successor of Mycerinos, whom he calls Asychus, built a pyramid of brick and enlarged the southern peristyle of the Ta Temple of Memphis. Diodorus, who calls him Sasychus, mentions him as one of the five great lawgivers of Egypt. One of his alleged laws is mentioned by Herodotus, allowing a debtor to pawn his father's mummy. In case the mummy were not redeemed, he would lose for himself and family the right of burial. Diodorus also states that this pharaoh regulated the ritual and invented the geometry and the art of observing the stars. Of these stories, it is safe to accept only what relates to the building operations of the king. According to Manetho, he ruled twenty-two years. Two kings, Sebercheres and Tamphthys, are mentioned by Manetho as belonging to this dynasty, but their names have not yet been found on the monuments. Section 5. The Fifth Dynasty, 2700 through 2560 B.C. The change of dynasty seems to have been peaceably accomplished, for we find that men who had held office under the preceding dynasty were retained by the kings of the new house. Possibly the direct male line had died out, and the new line came to the throne by the right of female succession. Userkov, 2700-2693 B.C. The first king of this dynasty was the immediate successor of Shepseskov, as is proved by the inscription of Sechemkare, who held official positions under kings Chafra, Menkare, Shepseskov, Userkov, and Sahure. All we know of this pharaoh is that he ruled seven years and was buried in a pyramid called Abasu. Sahure, 2692-2680 through 2680 B.C., had to repel inroads of the Mentiu Satet, who had again begun to molest the Egyptian miners on the Sinai Peninsula. He founded the city of Persahure, north of Esne, and built a temple to the goddess Sochet, the wife of Ta, in Memphis. His pyramid, Cheba, lies north of Abusir. Sahure ruled twelve years. Neferarkare, 2679-2672 through 2672 B.C. The successor of Sahure is called Kaka in the list of Abydos. He died after a reign of seven years and was buried in a pyramid called Ba. Of Shepseskare, 2761 through 2759 B.C., we know only that he reigned twelve years. Of Ates, we know nothing. Neferbare reigned probably ten years. Akauhor is another ruler of whom we know absolutely nothing. An, whose pronomon was Userenre, was the first king to adopt a throne name. 
hitherto the kings had kept the names they had borne as princes but now the kings took a new name on ascending the throne this name was always compounded with the name of the god ra and was the official name of the ruler by which he was designated in all state documents the name of ra was chosen in all probability because this god was considered as the first divine king of egypt the king however retained his old name placing before it the title sa ra son of ra thus an's name now was king of upper and lower egypt user en ra the son of ra an not content with these two names the pharaohs took three other names on ascending the throne answering to the three titles horus lord of both lands and horus nubti that is horus the conqueror of set in olden times the kings used one and the same name with these three titles thus the full name of amenemhat the first was the horus nem mesut renewer of births lord of both lands nem mesut horus nubti nem mesut king of upper and lower egypt sehotep abra the son of ra amenemhat in later times the pharaohs took a separate name with each title thus the full name of ramses the second was horus the strong steer beloved of mat lord of both lands he that protecteth egypt and subdueth the barbarians horus nubti rich in years great in victories king of upper and lower egypt ra user mat setep en ra that is ra strong in truth chosen of ra the son of ra ramesu meri amon ramses beloved of amon frequently other titles are added and the titulature becomes a hymn on the king on warred on the sinai peninsula with the mentiu satet he died after a reign of ten years menkauhor ruled eight years all we know of him is that he too worked the copper and malachite mines of the sinai dedkara asa ruled twenty-eight years in the fourth year of his reign he sent an expedition to wadi maghara on the sinai he is the first pharaoh whose name we meet with in the quarries of the wadi hamamat although undoubtedly already king chafra worked them unas was the last king of this dynasty with his name the turin papyrus concludes a division and sums up the number of years since mena in all six hundred and fifty it thus would seem that his death marked an epoch in egyptian history but our information about this period is so meagre that we cannot say what great event can have taken place at this time unas had been appointed co-regent by his father asa he does not seem to have undertaken any warlike expeditions he was however a great builder erecting a temple to the goddess hathor near memphis in the fayoum there was a city called unas after him and probably founded by him the diorite he needed for these works he quarried in hamamat after a reign of thirty years the king died section six the sixth dynasty about twenty five sixty through twenty four hundred b c teta was the founder of the new dynasty and seems to have been 
the immediate successor of Unas. It would seem, however, that the new dynasty did not gain the throne without a struggle. Two kings are mentioned who belong about in this time, Ati and Imhotep, both of whom quarried stone in the Wadi Hamamat. They were most probably pretenders to the crown. Teta triumphed over all his rivals and ascended the throne about 2560 B.C. Whatever struggle there was seems to have been short-lived and is not mentioned in the inscriptions. These inscriptions are chiefly those of nobles, and though they are, despite their brevity, accurate biographies, recounting the possessions and offices of the nobles they treat of, they touch on matters of state only incidentally. Of the history of this king we know absolutely nothing. Manetho has preserved a legend that he was murdered by one of his bodyguard. According to the same historian, he ruled thirty years. This pharaoh was buried in a pyramid near Saqqara, which was opened in 1881. The Egyptian name of the structure was Dedasu. The opening of this pyramid was of the greatest importance for religious history, but of none whatever for secular history, the walls being covered with long religious texts containing not the slightest historical allusion. After Teta, the list of Abydos mentions a king Oser Kara, of whom we know nothing. Perhaps this was the king's throne name and was put here by mistake. Meri Ra Pepi, 2530-2510 B.C., who ascended the throne about 2530 B.C., is the greatest monarch of this dynasty. Pepi was the immediate successor of Teta, but we do not know whether he was related to his predecessor or not. Pepi's empire embraced all of Egypt and the Sinai Peninsula. In the eighteenth year of his reign, he sent an expedition to the Wadi Magara and was compelled to punish the Mentiu, who had again become troublesome. In the same year, he also sent an expedition to Rohanu, Wadi Hamamat, to quarry stones for some temples he was erecting. His name also appears in the sandstone quarries of Gebel Silsila, and he is the first king of whose operations here we have any tidings, though assuredly the quarries had been worked by many of his predecessors. We know that he built in Tanis, and an inscription on the walls of the temple of Dendera relates that he had found the old plan of this building prepared in King Chufu's time. He also founded a city, the governor of which, Beba, is buried at Shech Said. The greater part of what we know of his reign is gleaned from the inscription of a noble named Una. This noble began his career under King Teta in minor offices. Under Pepi, he rapidly gained distinction, rising to high offices. Early in Pepi's reign, he was made judge and acquitted himself so well in a very delicate case that he was given the exalted title of only friend to the pharaoh and was appointed governor of the Nubian district. He now conducted, in conjunction with a justice of lower rank, a case brought by the king against Queen Amset. The case was a very delicate one, and conducted with the utmost secrecy. We do not hear the cause of action, or the outcome of the case. The king was highly pleased with Una's conduct of this case, and heaped new honors upon him. The Amu Heriusha, as the Egyptians called 
the syrian bedouins at this time began to make inroads on egyptian territory and it was determined to punish them a vast army was collected from all parts of egypt and nubia drilled and disciplined under the direction of una with this army he marched against the enemy and in five successive campaigns completely routed them their strongholds were taken and destroyed their crops were burned their cattle driven off vast numbers of prisoners were taken and their country was left completely devastated and almost depopulated pepi died soon after the close of this war after a reign of twenty years and was buried in his pyramid which bore the name of menifer the same as that of memphis this pyramid which lies near sakara was opened in eighteen eighty one its walls are covered with long religious inscriptions meren ra horem saf twenty five o nine through twenty five o two b c on pepi's death his son meren ra ascended the throne of him we know little outside of what una tells us this noble was made a prince by the new ruler and appointed governor of the south in this capacity he highly distinguished himself he made two enumerations of the south that is twice took the census of his province a thing that had never been done before and that gained him great praise from the king he was then ordered to bring a granite sarcophagus and fittings for the king's pyramid from the quarries at elephantine the fact that only one man of war was needed to escort six transports and six other vessels is a significant proof of the extent of the egyptian power in these early times we have already seen that pepi i conscripted troops from the nubian districts bordering on egypt in an expedition undertaken somewhat later una pressed nubian tribes into his service to cut timber and build boats most probably these tribes had been subdued already by king chufu when he opened the granite quarries on the first cataract these tribes most probably stood in a relation of semi-dependence to egypt they certainly retained their tribal relations and their autonomy but were compelled to serve in the egyptian army in case of war and to assist the expeditions that were sent to Aswan. outside of this we know of this reign only that the king made a tour of inspection on which he visited the quarries of Aswan, and that he sent an expedition to the wadi hamamat according to manetho he ruled only seven years he was entombed in his pyramid which was named chanofer this pyramid was opened in eighteen eighty one and it was found that the walls were covered with inscriptions analogous to those found in the pyramid of his father in the sarcophagus chamber was found the carefully embalmed and well-preserved mummy of the king which was brought to bulak the body is that of a young man which well accords with the short reign ascribed to him by manetho nefercare pepi the second twenty five o one through twenty four eleven b c on merenra's death his brother nefercare ascended the throne he corresponds to manetho's king phiops who ruled one hundred years as the turin papyrus gives pepi the second over ninety years all that we know of him is that he sent an expedition to the copper mines of wadi maghara on the sinai this king was buried in a pyramid near saqqara the egyptian name of which 
was Menanch. It was opened in 1881 and contained the same texts as the others. The close of this dynasty is shrouded in darkness. We know a few of the names belonging here, but of not one of the kings after Pepi II do we know the history. Thus, we hear of a king Ment-em-Saf, a king Nefrus, and a king Ab. Neitakr, the Nitokris of the classical authors, belongs in this dynasty, though we cannot give her her exact place. Her name is mentioned on none of the monuments, but many a legend is related of her. Herodotus tells us that after a reign of scarce one year, King Menthesophus was murdered, and his sister and wife, the beautiful one with the rosy cheeks, succeeded him. She resolved to avenge her husband and brother. To this end, she had a great hall built underground, which was connected with the waters of the Nile. The river was prevented from entering by mighty floodgates. To this hall she invited all who were implicated in the murder of her husband to a banquet. When this was at its height, she herself opened the floodgates, and the waters of the Nile streaming in, all the guests perished. Then, to avoid the vengeance of the murderer's friends, she threw herself into a large chamber filled with glowing coal and was burned up. The same historian further relates that in her reign of seven years she had enlarged the pyramid of Mycerinos and had coated its apex with granite. There is as little foundation for one of these tales as for the other. The latter story is disproved by the fact that the third pyramid shows no traces of having been rebuilt or enlarged. An Arabic legend is also connected with Nitokris, or rather with the third pyramid. To the present day, the Arabs dwelling about the pyramids believe that the ghost of the southern pyramid hovers about it in the shape of a beautiful naked woman whom she sets eyes on, her smile infatuates. But she is a great coquette, alternately attracting and repelling her victim, until he becomes insane and wanders aimless through the land. Many and many a one, say they, has seen her, especially at noon and sunset, hovering about her pyramid. End of chapter 2